So how many of you were not here last week? I just want to see really quick. Okay. Um, let's do this. Everyone uh, that was here, go ahead and preach my message in 30 seconds. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Uh, no, so last week we took a look at and just kind of presented um, an opportunity to look at patterns. And, and the message that I uh, message title that I gave it was the patterns that prevent the promises of God. Because there's times when we can go after some of the promises of God and not see some of them come to fruition. And we can take a look at it. We actually have an opportunity to look at that, understand why, and, and walk into the presence of God, like we were just talking about, and present that to him and see what he has to say about that. And so usually it comes at a soul level. We are three-part beings. We're spirit, soul, and body. Usually the patterns have programmed our soul or our mind. Um, which is our thinking, our feeling, and our choosing. And if we're willing to take a look at that, sometimes we aren't, but when we are, a lot of the times we can discover some things about ourselves and how we've been programmed. Um, all of us, every single one of us, have been programmed to a certain degree. Whether it's from uh, our upbringing, or teachers, or coaches, or just life in general. We've learned how to respond to life growing up based upon a way to where uh, it's kept us safe. Or um, we are wired for survival. So in order to survive, we learned we needed to respond a certain way. So we're going to just poke around at that a little bit more this morning. But um, also last week, what I did was I, I gave everyone a challenge to just watch them, their selves, just, just have some self-awareness throughout the week and look at some of the common triggers that pop up or look at some of the things that, that pop up that maybe you're struggling with or is preventing the flow of the kingdom flowing through you. A lot of us have filters that are over the lens of our heart, and sometimes God's kingdom coming to us, dwelling within us, doesn't necessarily make, us, make it through us the way that we see Jesus walk through the Gospels. And so uh, we're going to poke around at that. And if you didn't do that, if you weren't here last week, that's okay. Uh, but we're going to go into a time of ministry and just give you guys an opportunity to take some of the things that you discovered about yourself, present it to God. But then also, um, I've asked some guys to be praying this past week. And we'll see if there's something that God wants to say during, during this time as well and speak into that. Maybe a confirmation or maybe for some of you that weren't here, he's going to speak some truth and uh, just reveal some things. So let me wake my computer up while I wake up and, and we'll get going. So one of the things that I've recognized with this type of message, um, you all are really great at digging into scripture. I can tell this is a group of guys, like they're going after truth. You wouldn't be here this early in the morning if, if there wasn't some level of knowing God. Um, you guys have that down. And what I've recognized with this type of message, because it, it approaches this topic from a standpoint of, of looking at ourselves kind of like from an inside perspective, sometimes we have a, a hard time doing that. And I've recognized that anything that challenges what we think is right, we can have a tendency to like protect it. So we look at scripture and we see how in the, the Garden of Eden there were two trees. There's a way of living 
to where we can live just based upon one tree, and that's the knowledge of good and evil. If we live solely from that tree, it is solely from a standpoint of right and wrong. So what that would look like, if we're only living from that tree, we can come here this morning to gain information so that we can leave more right and defend our position. Instead of the tree of life. The tree of life is the fullness of heaven flowing through us. It's that life and life abundantly that Jesus talks about. It's all of the fruit of the Spirit flowing through us. But sometimes with a message like this, we want to approach it from a standpoint of, I don't like what's being said because it doesn't line up with what I know to be right. Therefore, I'm going to defend my position of right, and I'm going to crucify the person who's delivering the message. I'm just being real. We all have a tendency to do that, right? We all have a tendency to do that. But if, if, if I took a vote in here, just like threw one scripture, um, threw one scripture up on, on the wall and said, hey, how many of you think that it means this? We'd get like some people raising their hand. How many think that it means this? We have a lot of different interpretations of what truth is based upon our own personal reality. And the thing that has shaped our own personal reality is the past programs of our life. So it's important to look at what's influencing how we perceive things because what influences us actually um, causes us to see Scripture a certain way too. If we grew up with an angry father, how many of you know that it's going to be hard to translate the Bible through a lens of love? We're going to be questioning it. We're going to be wanting evidence. We're, we're not going to necessarily take a person's word or a person's experience of God that has experienced God in, in, a, in a way of love. We're not going to take their word for it because our experience is, no, that's not what dads are like. That's not what a good father is like. I don't even know what a good father is like. So how can that even be true about God? So that's why... I feel like it's important to take a look at some of these things in our lives. You know, Tim opened up with, he said, you know, we're here to actively pursue God. And when we actively pursue God, we start to see his character and nature. But we also start to see ourselves the way that he sees us. And it's going to challenge us. It's going to challenge some of the structures that we have created in our head. And, and Tim also said, he said, we want to be in a position to where we happen to life and not let life happen to us. If we let life happen to us, that just means we go on autopilot and everything that's programmed us is the thing that carries us through the day. How is that working for all of us? <laughs> There's always room to grow. So I would just encourage you, let the Lord speak to you. Um, sometimes too, I, I just want to say this, there are things that can challenge us because they're, they're new to us. Or we may not have, have heard something before. And that's okay. We, we all are on a different path in our life. But I would just say, be open to what God is saying. Um, and, and with that, let's, let's look at this a minute. So Jesus says this in Luke 4.18. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oppression and captivity can look like many different things, and a lot of us are in captivity to the systems and the patterns and the programming of our past. 
But the good news is Jesus came to set us free. That's why this is important. So we read that scripture, and then we start to read some of his promises, and then we look at Romans 12.2, and Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. That's what we're all brought up in. We're all brought up in the pattern of this world. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So knowing what Jesus said, knowing that there's promises, and knowing that true transformation comes from the renewing of the mind, how many of you think that it might be important to take a look at that? A little bit. And this is an inside job. This is an inside job. And that's one of the biggest things that Jesus showed us when he was stepping foot on this earth. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he challenged everyone to look at this thing, this relationship with God, no longer from an external perspective, but now from an internal perspective, where the Garden of Eden is now the garden of your heart, and the dwelling place is your heart, and you are the temple, and his spirit abides in you. So what might be preventing that? What might be filtering that in a way to where the enemy might be robbing you of some more goodness in life? Or <laughs> we might be robbing ourselves unknowingly. A lot of this stuff is subconsciously too. I mean, let's, let's, I'm just going to throw this out there because this is a very prevalent thing right now. Like if we look at addiction, a lot of the times, and I'm by no means like, oversimplifying this by no means I understand addiction is a tough thing um, a lot of the times addiction is looked at from a standpoint of why the addiction right so you, you chase the addiction and a lot of the times there's a lot of shame wrapped up into it there's a, a lot of guilt a lot of condemnation but the one thing that I've noticed that doesn't necessarily get looked at, instead of saying, why the addiction, we don't look at it and say, why the pain? Because with addiction, a lot of the times, addiction is just a um, substituted way of trying to achieve something good. I've talked to people who have been addicted to alcohol, and I've, I've looked at them, and um, Skip, I said this last week, I've looked at them, and I've said, hey man, you're not broken. And they look at me like, what? I'm not broken? No, you're not broken at all. You're actually responding the way that you were originally created to, to respond. But it's just, it's, it's a pattern and it's a program that's telling you this is the way to achieve what you're looking for. Let's see what God has to say about that. And a lot of the times, the pain was a coping mechanism that they learned how to achieve something else when God had a different, different way of achieving that. There's one person in particular, um, he had a, a, a hole in his life, so he filled it with, with alcohol because it, it numbed the pain. And God made this man a man of worship. And I said, what would it look like if you found a way to just break that pattern and substitute it with something that would bring you closer to God? And he knew automatically what it was. It was, it was his worship. And when he started to engage with the worship, and instead of focusing on the problem, he started focusing on the problem solver. He started engaging in worship. The problem faded away. 
he didn't even know what he was doing at the time, but he broke the pattern, the conformity of the world, the way that the world says, this is how you deal with this, or somewhere inside of him has said, this is how you deal with this. And he didn't even know what he was doing, but he broke that pattern. He started, he started creating a new pattern. He started renewing his mind to the truth of God through a gift that he gave him, and he connected with God through worship. So I want to I walk you through just kind of like a, a fake scenario of what this could look like just to paint a, a different picture and show you how sneaky this can be. Very quickly, because I want God to speak louder than me today. Um, so let's just, this is just a fake scenario, but let's just, let's just picture this, this little boy who grew up in a home and, uh, Mom had all, all of these issues with dad, and so there was a lot of tension. There was a lot of fighting, and um, mom was just, you know, just really harsh, really, really hard-hearted toward, toward dad. And one of the things that, that really bugged mom was dad was not much of a handyman. I can relate to that. Um, so dad was not much of a handyman, and, and, and the, the little boy would hear his mom make comments like, you know what, your dad's worthless, he's no good, he can't even fix a toilet, blah, 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 blah. So in an effort to keep peace and to remain safe in the home, the little boy was like, wow, I wonder if I can do something. So the little boy starts helping out. The little boy starts learning how to fix some things. And all of a sudden, mom starts to get a little bit more happy around the house. So this boy learns, wow, in order to keep the peace and in order to be safe in my own home, all I need to do is fix stuff. And that's what this little boy had to do in order to survive. He didn't have anyone to, to speak up for him, and he just needed to learn to find a way to survive. So this little boy, let's just call him Joe Fix-It. If anyone in here is Joe Fix-It, I'm not talking about you. It's okay. Um, I just came up with the name. Or what's your go-to name? Bob. Bob Fix-It. Bob the Builder. We'll say Bob the Builder. So let's, let's say little Bob. No, because I know Bobby. I was going to say little Bobby. We'll go to Joe Fix-It. <laughs> So let's just say little Joey Fix-It starts to grow up and uh, everywhere little Joey Fix-It, his radar's on because he, he grew up with mom and anytime anyone gets angry, little Joey Fix-It jumps in and he's like, you know what, I can fix it. I can do it. I can do this. And so it makes these people happy and he just learns throughout life that no matter what system, he goes to school and when a teacher's not happy, he says, you know, what's, what's wrong? And she's like, well, you know, uh, this, this little little boy's acting up. So Joey fixes like, I can take care of it. And he, and he goes and pummels this kid or whatever, I don't know, whatever his solution is at the time. Um, so little Joey fix it, learns that, you know what, hey, in order to make it in life, if I fix everyone's problems, then, then people will appreciate me. Well, little Joey Fix-It grows up, and he, he becomes Big Joe Fix-It, and he actually starts a uh, company, and he calls it Big Joe Fixes-It. And, um, gets married, and he starts fixing everyone else's problems, but at home, he's got some major problems. And his wife is, is feeling neglected because Big Joe Fix-It is always fixing everyone else's problems, but there's problems at home that he's not willing to take a look at. So his wife starts lashing out at him, and he starts to feel that rejection all over again from childhood, but he doesn't know it. So what does he do? He starts dealing with the pain. He starts coping with it. And he starts doing it with whatever way he knows how to. So it's not solving the problem. It's actually making the problem bigger. 
So all of a sudden, Joe fix it. Here's the good message of the gospel. And he says yes to Jesus. And he starts following Jesus. And he exchanges the system of the world for the system of religion. And he starts to learn that, hey, now that I'm saved, I can start fixing it and, and do it for the kingdom of God. But he doesn't break the pattern. He just continues the pattern. But because he's good now and he's saved, he does more because he has a good heart. He wants to do more for the kingdom, right? Because, you know, we need to serve. And so he's, he's doing more now, and the problem at home is getting larger and larger. But he's hearing things like, you know what? You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're blessed and highly favored. So he goes around church, and they hey, Big Joe, fix it. How is it? Blessed and highly favored. How's it going? Blessed and highly favored. I'm a child of the most high God, right? And so it's not helping anything because all he did was exchange one system for another. And it just compounds, it compounds, it compounds. But he's completely unaware of it because it's based upon how he learned how to survive. Now, this is just a, a fake scenario. I didn't get this from anywhere. I was just thinking about it last night. But you can see how the patterns, and it doesn't have to be something bad all the time. It could be something good. But you can see how the patterns of life can influence us and then the minute we start following Jesus, we're wondering, like, why is there such a gap? So it's a good thing to take a look at these things and just ask why. You know, we, we spent some time a little bit unpacking um, with Ron last week, and we got a couple layers deep. And um, he's, he was able to go a couple layers deeper. And usually when you can start asking yourself some questions and just being real with yourself and having some self-awareness and just don't, don't condemn yourself, but look at it. Be like, wow, I'm wondering why I'm making this choice. And start digging into it. You'll eventually hit something. And when you do, it's an amazing opportunity to invite God into it. And instead of basing your understanding upon the pattern or the conformity of the world, you can present it to God and you can say, God, how do you see this? And it's the truth that he reveals that will set us free. And it will start the process of unpacking that. And it's, it sounds like a scary thing if, if it's new to you, but it really isn't, man. It's a hurt so good thing. Some of you guys that have been on um, Quest or um, the road, or how many of you guys have done something like that? Probably a lot of you. Yeah, you guys understand this. You guys know what this is about. How many of you have ever entered one of those vulnerable moments with God, and you're like, man, I wish I never would have done that? Says pretty much no one ever. <laughs> Unless they don't know how to deal with it. But that's why we have each other. We, we say, hey, God's revealing this to me. Will you help me walk through this? And if you don't know how to help someone, be like, you know what? I don't know how to help you, but I'm going to help you find someone. And I believe that if we're willing to do this, we're going to see more of the kingdom flow through us. We're going to see more solutions to today's problems that are desperately waiting for some men of God to step into them. The days of choosing right and wrong and choosing sides are coming to an end. It's not working. It's not working. When Jesus stepped into something, he heard each side. 
But then he went to what's actually at hand. He didn't, he didn't say, you know what, you're wrong, I'm right, and I'm going to let everyone know that I'm right, and I'm going to let everyone know that you're wrong, and I am going to murder you with my tongue and diminish your very identity for even thinking that way. He looked at what's actually happening, and he spoke to the heart of the matter. And it's an amazing pattern for us. I think if we're willing to hear people out and recognize that every single person has a reason behind what they're saying. I work with um, Caleb and Ricky and Tim and Pastor Daniel um, on a regular basis. Every single one of us come from a different background. Every single one of us have a slightly different experience of God based upon our programming, based upon our history. But I have found that the richness comes from the ability to hear them out and understand what they're saying. Because maybe they're seeing a different aspect of God that I've never experienced before. Knowing Ricky and knowing some things about him I've learned that Ricky has a great revelation of the heart of the Father. And if you, if you notice, if you ever talk to Ricky or if you ever heard him speak, he's captured that revelation because it's something that he's needed in his life and it's something that he's committed to as a father. But there's a reason for that. And I've just learned that being willing to hear people out and try to understand them, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree with them, but trying to understand them and recognizing like there's a reason why they're, they're, they're approaching this from this angle. Hearing them out and just trying to understand them and then maybe presenting a heart of the matter option for them something to think about and whether they take it or not, it doesn't matter. Whether you take what I'm saying today um, to heart and grab a hold of it and walk with it, that's, that's great. If you don't, that's fine too. Like I'm not responsible for how people receive a message. I'm just responsible for sharing what I feel like God's put on my heart. And um, there's no pull there. Like if, if Jack told me, dude, you're full of, is this recorded? No? Okay. <laughs> Instigator. Um, you're, you're full of crap, man. Be like, that's cool. All right. No problem. No sweat. Like, there's, there's no pull there. Like, let me, let me help you understand, like, what was, what was challenging to you. Maybe I said something wrong that was off. That's cool. I'm fine with that. I can be wrong. I, that's fine with me. Um, but I think if we're just willing to enter the situation and kind of see it as a model of Jesus and just say, all right, God, what does your love look like right now in this situation? It's like being present, being fully aware of what I'm bringing into the situation, being fully aware of what this person's bringing into the situation. And let's see how we can expand the kingdom just in this one thing. It's not about right or wrong. It's not about just living from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's about how can life be produced right here in this moment? And so what I want to do with the, the rest of our time is um, give God an opportunity to speak into this. You know, maybe over the past week or maybe even right now as I'm speaking, he's revealing some things to you. And I just want to go into a time of listening and hearing God um, because it's one thing to just hear some information. But when God translates it, it becomes revelation. And the real 
key to this is letting that revelation become transformation, like I said, with the renewing of the mind. And so if we don't allow God to speak into it, then we could be missing something major. So uh, what this will look like is we'll just go into a posture of prayer. I'm going to lead us in a corporate prayer, and then we're just going to listen. And then for those of you um, that I've had praying, um, if you heard anything throughout this week, I asked them to be praying and, and asking God, is there any truth that someone needs to hear that will help set them free? Um, we're going to allow some of those words to flow. And we'll just see what God wants to do in this moment. But my encouragement to you is just open yourself up. See what God wants to say. If it lines up with his character and nature, then chew on it. Sit on it. Let him invade your heart. Let him speak to you. And the more that we're willing to do this, the more we're going to see amazing things in our life, and the more we're going to be able to reflect the character and nature of God to, to other people. So let's, let's go into prayer. Father God, we thank you for this new way. Jesus said, I am the way, and he, he modeled a, a new way of living. And I believe that it's the heart of the majority of us here to see more of that way in our lives. That's why we're here this morning. We want to know you. We want to know how you see us. And we want to see the kingdom of heaven here on earth, through us, around us. And Father, just like we read in Luke 4, 18, your son came to set the captives free. So I just ask God that any area of captivity in our lives, you would just reveal those areas to us, God. We're going to pause and Holy Spirit, do what you do best. We just declare you're the only spirit of influence here in this place. We open up our hearts, our ears, our eyes to what you're doing right now in this moment. God, what does love look like right now? for the hearts that are opening themselves up to you? What truth are you wanting to deliver right now? So as we're praying, I'm seeing a, um, a picture of a, a archer in a tree. Um, and he's looking from side to side, like almost like frantically. And he's trying to see a, a, a target to shoot for. And what he doesn't realize is that his back is to the tree, but on the other side of the tree is the largest target that he's ever seen in his life. But it's on the other side of the tree. So what I feel like the father's saying in that is that if you're willing to reposition yourself, if you're willing to look and go through something that your target is on the other side of it. He's inviting you to reposition yourself and only you'd know what that looks like, what that means, how to reposition yourself. So Lord, whoever that is speaking to right now, God, I just pray that you would give them clarity in this situation where they're looking for the target that they're supposed to be aiming for. 
And God, I pray that as they reposition themselves, you'll reveal the largest target, the most clarity that they've ever seen in this particular situation. Whether, whether this is related to that or not, I don't know. Um, but I, I heard the Lord say very clearly, drop your nets. And what's the way, the same way that Jesus called his disciples away from what defined them earthly? They were still fishers, but in a new way. So just like the target being behind them, they're still this archer. Anytime that we gain our identity from the things, the programs and the stuff, the things that we're good at, all his disciples were good at fishing. They wouldn't have been fishers otherwise. But the Lord asked them to drop their nets to become fishers. The thing that defined them, he gave them a new definition, a new identity. So drop your net. Let the Lord give you a new net. It's fun. I was praying, <clears throat> going, God, I didn't even remember all the words that Ryan had used when he asked me to kind of pray into it, but just that I was going to pray for a word. As I prayed, I just felt like God said, freedom is for you. That there's somebody here, actually, I think it's more than one somebody, who've literally asked, can I even be free? That there's, there's addiction that there's shame, that there's habits, and they felt hopeless. And I felt like God just said um, that freedom is for you and that you can be free, that he came to set the captives free. God, that's an amazing word. Who do you want to give it to? He said, I don't want to call them out in front of everybody. I want to give them hope and let them know that they don't have to stay bound. And I think it's more than one person. So in praying for you guys last night, um, when God talks to me, most of the time he shows me pictures. So for a lot of guys, this might make no sense, but for a couple guys or maybe just one guy, it might be exactly, exactly what the Lord wants you to hear today. <clears throat> I saw a stuffed animal like picture like a teddy bear that had a single gunshot wound. Instead of bleeding, <clears throat> bleeding blood, it bled a crystalline liquid that I can only assume is tears. For someone, <clears throat> violence in your childhood robbed you of that innocence that comes in childhood. And I prayed and I said, God, what do you want to do with that? And he said, I want them to know that, you know, in Revelation, it says that Jesus will wipe away all of our tears in heaven. And, and we don't have to wait for heaven for our tears to be wiped away by Jesus. That is in his nature. And for someone, they desperately need to go back to that childhood innocence. 
and Jesus is saying, all you need to do is ask and allow him to wipe away your tears. Another picture I got was um, a hardwood log up on its side, basically ready to be split. Um, but um, the center of it was punky, like, you know, punk wood. It was rotten. It was rotten at its core. And I saw this just demonic hand with nasty claws just digging out the inside, the punk wood out of this hardwood log. And I think there's somebody that to everybody else, they come off as put together. They come off as, as strong and, and they have it all figured out. But on the inside, there is something just rotten that they're hiding from everybody. And maybe it is, maybe it's addiction. Um, but in James chapter five, verse 16, it says, confess your sins to one another and you will be healed. So whether it's, it's addiction, whether it's um, just a, a secret, you need to make that known to maybe one of the men at your table, maybe an accountability partner, but make that known and you will be healed. It says so in God's word, but there is an action. There is a responsibility on your part to confess that to one another. I just sense a heavy burden on my heart. And I think it's not only me, I think it's, for some people that are being challenged in this room right now with everything that's been said and brought up, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit is pressing some individuals' hearts to be vulnerable. And I know that there are a couple people here that are feeling vulnerable and they feel scared, I would say, because they have some thought patterns and some things that they have been suppressing. And the enemy is saying, once this comes up in the open, he knows his hands can't hold it anymore. So he's going to influence and encourage you to hold on to that. But the Lord is saying, put it in the light. And what the Lord is going to expose is that some people have been building their own type of tower based on things that they didn't even realize they were doing, kind of like the Tower of Babel. They knew what they were doing, right? But the Lord scattered them for a reason and scattered them for a purpose because they were building based on their own intelligence. And some people have built upon their own intelligence, but it was below the surface and they didn't even know they were doing it. So what's going to happen is when thoughts are challenged, it may seem scary, but let the Holy Spirit lead you through it because that tower that you built upon, it needs to crumble. It needs to fall and you're gonna feel vulnerable and open, but let the Lord crush whatever it was that you built and allow him to build the foundation for you and let the Holy Spirit embellish you with a robe of righteousness because some people have been walking around with robes that they have clothed themselves in. And the Lord wants to rip that off of you by challenging these certain things that he's bringing up and addressing right now. And the Holy Spirit will put a robe of righteousness upon you that he's been wanting to embellish on you all for a long, long time. So I would just say be open. And even when we leave this room, not now, just continue to think about this and let the Holy Spirit press your hearts for this because there's some things that you know exactly what the Lord is telling you to think about and to challenge. And he's been telling you for a long time. So now's the moment. Today is the day of salvation and he wants to bring further clarity and salvation for certain things that are going on in your lives. So just want to impress that on your heart. 
And Lord, I just pray that the word that you have been laying on these people's hearts, Lord, your, your sheep, your children, Lord, I pray that you would show them how to go about it. I pray that you would increase their emotional intelligence, Lord, with your spirit as their guide, Father. And I just thank you for what you are doing. And I say that you're going to work this to completion and you are going to bring more light in the areas that they didn't allow you to shed your light in, Lord. And I thank you for your spirit of grace and humility. I come against any spirit of condemnation, Lord. I thank you that you're going to build their hearts through encouragement, Father. And I thank you for what you have. Amen. Thanks, Brandon. <clears throat> and if I would encourage you too, like if that's you, Brandon has a ton of revelation in this area. And uh, great future speaker, Tim, if you're looking for someone. But he's walked through it. He's been willing to walk through it. And that dude is a powerhouse. And you probably wouldn't know unless you took some time to get to know him. So I would encourage you to connect with him if that really spoke to you. Um, God's doing some stuff in, in everyone's hearts. And, and uh, this is something to celebrate. This, this is a good thing. Sometimes it's like, oh man, I don't like it. Why do we have to go so low? I need to go to work. And now it's just like, ugh. But no, this is a thing to celebrate because the more things that we bring into the light, man, the more free we can be. And uh, Randy D, are you still here? Would you be willing to come up here and just pray? Just, just uh, uh, Holy Spirit, God, thank you. Crush the enemy's head, whatever you got in you. Italian stallion, go full blood, what, New York, whatever you got, man. Just, just go Randy D on the prayer. And then uh, we'll be officially dismissed after the prayer. But Bruce is just going to play us out in a song of celebration. Because like I said, man, this is, this is a hopeful thing. This isn't something to get heavy about. This isn't something to have you get you down in the gutter and say, oh, man, look at all this stuff. Like, no, like, let's look at it so that Jesus can speak into it, redeem us refuel us and send us back out in the world and be Jesus to a greater extent. Just let it rip. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Father, we just thank you so much this morning. Lord, every word that's been spoken, all the words of wisdom that have come forth, the nets, the tree, those hindrances, those things that we've been attached to for so long, Lord, I just ask you, Father, that we just cast them at your feet. That's where freedom is. Lord, I pray that as we walk today, Lord, these words are just some, the thoughts and some pattern-breaking things, Lord, that we need to come up with. And Lord, it's not on our own, though. It's not on our own because on our own we are having a problem. We look in the mirror, we see the same old person. And the spirit wants to rise, and there's times of rising, but then there's the suppression and there's the oppression. And Lord, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you today as we have authority in the name of God, you said whatsoever we speak, we speak freedom today. We speak liberty today. Lord, I look at our nation, and if the men of God will rise up, we will change all things. Lord, you've given us the power to be the priests of the home and to be the spiritual leaders. Lord, let us take this leadership, even in our faults and even in our frailties. Lord God, help us. We've heard the word, so let the word set us free. And I ask you, Father, for that authority today. I say every step we take, as they did in Joshua chapter 1, Moses had passed, and God said, Joshua, I'm going to give you a double anointing, but every place you set your foot, I will give you as I promised Moses. Lord, give it to us. 
Let us walk in authority, not in timidity. Let us walk in power and not in weakness. Let us walk in righteousness, not in righteous indignation as that we know it, but God, give us revelation. Like, show us. Show us who we are and show us the things that we already know, but maybe we're, maybe we're not vulnerable enough to be able to confess it to our brothers. Lord, open up those doors, open up the kingdom, open up the heaven, open up the window, Lord, of opportunity. I pray in the name of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, right now, speak. Right now, touch. Right now, help us to walk. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen.